0: Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value, with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential.
1: This podcast is brought to you by White Glove's Podcast
0: Connect program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. When you need the magic, you call Pat Quinn. Pat helps speakers and business leaders sharpen their presentation skills. A former professional magician and a high school teacher, he can read an audience. Now, Brad, Pat has keynoted conferences and spoken to audiences worldwide, and here he is on your podcast.
1: He actually was a keynote at one of our conferences as well. And we got just rave reviews. Pat, it's good to see you again, buddy. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah. So I'll tell you a little firsthand experience of my myself kind of learning and meeting Pat for the first time. I uh I heard about this this two-day intensive in Milwaukee where you could really just hone in your signature talk. And I was like, Well, that sounds kind of that sounds kind of cool. It sounds like something, you know advisors working with White Glove would use, or I might want to use it. I do quite a bit. I speak a lot. I talk for a living, I like to say. So I went out to Milwaukee and I've worked with a lot of speaker coaches. A lot of them are fantastic. And I can't tell you, Pat, like sitting, I took more notes just sitting through your session and just waiting for you to like, I remember I went on stage and I did my opening and you critiqued it and I immediately made it better. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that in front of Pat. Like, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing, transformative, I would say.
2: Yeah, the two-day experience that we hold is uh, it has a real particular focus, and it's a focus that is right for a lot of people. There's different measures of success for different presentations. Some people want to entertain. Some people want to inspire. But my measure of success is not that you would get a standing ovation. My measure of success is not that people would come up to you afterwards and say, you're a really good speaker my only measure of success is does the audience want to take the next step with you? Do they want to go further with you? That's when the real life change happens. And so for many advisors, that next step is to sign up for an appointment, whether you're talking to one person or a room full of people at an educational seminar, a dinner seminar, or a webinar. Does the audience want to take the next step with you? That's our measure of success. And I've been fortunate over the last 10 years to work with some of the greatest speakers in the world from Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi to Damon John and Grant Cardone, Michael Hyatt and Jamie Kern Lima. But most of the people that we work with are not professional speakers. And most of the people that we work with don't even call themselves speakers. Most of the people that I work with are business owners, financial advisors who want to grow their business, attract new clients, and have a greater impact on their communities. And I believe when you do speaking the right way, uh, you can grow your business, attract new clients, and have a huge impact on your community. I
1: love that. And I love focusing on taking the next steps because I'm a you default. I'll get up on stage, <laughs> and if people liked me, I'm like, oh my God, I did great. You know, that was amazing. Everybody was clapping. They liked me. It was really engaging. And then a few months later, no one works with us. And I'm like, well, what the heck happened? So, I think that often in the advisors that I'm speaking with, you know, when they go back and look at the data, there is this natural urge, if you will, to say this event was great or this event sucked, all based on the, you
2: know, things that I guess don't really matter. Yeah, I talked to a lot of advisors who I, I say are getting inaccurate feedback. The audiences are coming up to them afterwards and saying, you did great. Sometimes, you know, advisors are funny and the audiences are laughing. But in the end, I'll say, well, you know, what percent of the people in the room booked appointments? And they'll be like, oh, 10 percent or... 30%. 30%. And I'm like, well, if you're only getting a third of the people in the room to book appointments, then you aren't reaching anywhere near your full potential. It's very common after we work with a financial advisor that they bump that number up 25 or 30%. It's not unusual for advisors who we've worked with to get 80% of the people in the room to book appointments wow. regularly, sometimes higher than that. And you know that's because we are building specific things in for this. This is not my opinion. If you want an opinion on your speaking, go ask your sister. But if you want to know what the research says, actually gets people to convert into free appointments. Well, I can help you with that. And I can help raise your numbers, regardless of how long you speak, regardless of what topic you speak on. I can get more people to say yes to meeting with you. Yes. To thinking about becoming a client and yes to that first appointment. And I'll say firsthand, I watched that happen
1: with the cool thing about the two day and and then we'll get into your background here in a little bit, Pat. But the cool thing about that was you actually create a opening or an embedding story or a close and you you give it to experts, Pat and his team. And then they, you know, it's going to sound but they, they dissect it right and tell you what you did wrong. But in a very positive uplift, you know, you're not shamed on stage where you go home and cry. I mean, me a little bit, but that's just because I have a soft, pliable ego here. It was so amazing to say, hey, this is what I think is really compelling. And then immediately you say it to Pat and he it's like his brain is just processing it, digesting it. And then by the time I'm done speaking, he repeats what I said in a much more effective way. It was like the most amazing thing to watch.
2: Well, one of the things I love about the workshop is that it's not like we teach you how to do it. And then you go home and you have to do it. I go to a lot of trainings where I walk away from the training with more on my to do list than when I went into the training. What I love about the two-day workshop that we hold is that you actually walk out with your talk done. Your talk is written, and we've uh, you know, we written it in a way that's going to convert at a really high rate. We've broken it down. My background actually isn't in speaking. I started as a professional magician and worked magic for 10 years professionally. Then I got a job as a public school teacher and taught high school math for 12 years. During that time, I picked up an advanced degree in how adults learn. How does an audience who's listening to you, whether that's an audience of one across the desk from you or an audience of 30 people at a dinner seminar, how does the audience listen, learn, and remember everything that you're saying? And so when I'm working with somebody, I really bring two things to the table, certainly a little bit of stagecraft for my years of doing magic. But more importantly, a real understanding of how the person who you're speaking to listens, learns, and remembers, processes everything that you say. So I'm always running everything you're saying through a filter of how is the audience going to hear this, remember it, and react to it. I'm hyper-focused on your audience. I'm hyper-focused on your audience to the point that I actually don't want you to send me video of you speaking. I want you to turn the camera around, and anybody who videotapes themselves should do this. Turn the camera around and film the audience instead you will learn so much more watching the audience for five minutes than you'll learn watching yourself for 45 minutes. And if you have somebody who comes to your presentations with you, your marketing manager, or even your spouse, they always stand in the back of the room. And when you finish, you always go back to them and say, how did I do tonight? And they always say, great job. I work for you. Great job. Um, (laughs) Because they have to say that. Or if they're married to you, great job. I'm married to you. Great job. Here's what I want you to do. When they're in the back of the room, before you go on stage, before you start to speak, go to them and say, when I finish, I'm going to ask you two questions. First question I'm going to ask you is, which parts of my presentation were the audience most engaged? And the second question I'm going to ask is, which parts of my presentation were the audience least engaged? Now, that friend of yours, that marketing manager, your spouse is going to watch your presentation with completely different eyes. They're not even going to be looking at you. They're going to be looking at the people in the audience, asking themselves, are they taking notes? Are they paying attention? Are they leaning in? Are they looking at their phones? Are they bored? Like, you will get completely different feedback and much more valuable feedback if you just let the person who's there with you know that this is what I care about. I care about engaging my audience so they will take the next step with me. I love that.
1: No, boss, you were terrible up there. You were boring. <laughs> you know, I was about to throw an eraser at you because you were, the people were falling asleep. Yeah. You probably don't get the most honest feedback, you know, <laughs> depending on who you back. Maybe, you maybe you invite the mother-in-law or something that'll give you a yeah, real a honest, honesty well, over, over, over critique you. Right. I love that. I, I look at the audience and see when they're most and least engaged. That's fantastic. So, Pat, if you were to, I mean, you, you've worked with what, probably thousands of professionals at this point, you know, in, in various industries, but what would be maybe, let's just toss out a number, like the three most common things that you help people fix? Like what are, I'm new to speaking, I'm running a business, and now all of a sudden I have to stand in front of people to grow that business. You know, what are the things that people are screwing up?
2: Yeah, I think there's, I'll give you three and we'll start with the start of your presentation because it's the biggest mistake that people make. They start their presentation wrong. Some people start right away into their content and that's a mistake thinking that, oh, if I teach you something you don't know, That will make you want to do business with me. That's not actually true. Some people start right with the offer. They start their presentation by saying, at the end of this presentation, I'm going to ask you for an appointment. That's not a good idea either. The purpose of the opening of your presentation, and this is where most people get it wrong, the purpose of the opening of your presentation is to connect with the audience. And so what we're looking for at the beginning is a story, a personal story, not a client story, because you're not trying to connect them to a client. You're trying to connect them to you, So we want a personal story that connects to the audience. Now, here's where most people get this wrong. Most people think, oh, I have to tell a story at the beginning, or I have to say something about myself in the beginning. I'll talk about how different I am from everybody else. So I'll tell them about the one time I climbed a mountain, or I'll tell them about the car accident that I got in, and I recovered when nobody else would have recovered. Or I'll tell them I've been in business longer than anyone else in the world. And we think that's helping, but it's not. You're actually separating yourself from the audience. Look, I coach Olympians. I coach two different astronauts who've been in space. When they tell stories about going into space, how many people in the audience can relate to that? None. No one's ever done it. But I coach another person who starts their presentation by saying, you know, I was arguing with my spouse about whether the toilet paper should come out over the top of the roll or under the bottom of the roll. And how many people in the audience can relate to that argument? Every single person in the audience. It's a better story to start with because it connects with the audience. And so when it comes time to start your presentation, please don't read us your resume. Nobody cares what the last three companies you worked for were. Please don't tell us your entire life story. And don't tell us the most unique thing that has ever happened to you in your life. Because that doesn't connect with the audience. What connects with the audience? A story that you have in common with them. I sometimes worry about the future. I sometimes worry about money. I sometimes wonder if I have enough or if my money will last. I sometimes don't like to be in a situation where everything's changing at once, like it feels like the world is right now. Those are connecting stories rather than separating stories. So the first mistake people make is they start in the wrong place. They start with content, they start with an offer, or they start by separating themselves and you should begin with a connecting story. Second thing is your content. And I'll just say it cuz I know I know you love me and I know your audience does too. You're <laughs> teaching you're teaching too much. You are teaching too much content. The person who teaches the most does not win. The person who helps with the right amount of information wins. When you teach your audience too much information, and it's funny because I talk to financial advisors every day. We work with hundreds of financial advisors. And when I bring this up, you know what everybody does? Everybody laughs. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. And then the next time I see them present, they teach too much. Nobody changes it. It's like our number of slides. If you have over 100 slides, you have too many slides. And we laugh, and then the next time we go out with 150 slides. Like, we don't do anything about it. But I'm telling you, it is hurting your conversion rate. When you teach too much, you leave the audience overwhelmed, scared, and confused. Do people who are overwhelmed, scared, and confused make decisions? No, absolutely not. I mean, they come on. freeze.
1: Yeah, yeah. They freeze.
2: So if you get to the end of your presentation and then you're asking people for appointments and they're like, oh, you know, I want to do this, but this is just a really busy time for us. Or, you know, I don't have my calendar with me right now. Can I call you never? Like when you're hearing stall tactics, we call these stall tactics. When you're hearing stall tactics, it's very likely you just overwhelmed them with information. If you would have taught the right amount and helped them the way you're supposed to, they would be asking you, when can I come in? Can I come in tomorrow? Can I come in the next day? Like, you shouldn't have to ask for the appointment. If you teach the right amount of information, they'll want to come in and get it. And so some signs that you teach too much, you're rushed all the way through your presentation. Your presentation lasts more than an hour. There's really no reason why a free presentation that leads to appointments needs to be longer than an hour. It just doesn't need to be. You can teach your content in 30 minutes, plenty to help them and get them enticed to come in for an appointment to have this information that I just presented to the group personalized for you once I learn a little bit more about your situation. And so I don't—I think if you're talking really fast the whole time, if your presentation lasts more than an hour, if you have more than, I would say, 60 slides, you should really think about cutting back how much you teach. And I think you'll see your conversion rates go up right away. So that's hey, the second you, one. Go ahead. Would Would you say
1: then you really kind of pair that that technique with what you're talking about, turning the camera on the audience, right? Like you have that person, you do your 90 minute thing, right? And you fly through all of it and you talk too fast and you do your 150 slides. And then, okay, well, your assistant, your wife, your husband in the back of the room says, okay, these were your most engaging parts. Then you just
2: cut out those 75 slides that put people to sleep
1: <laughs> or hundred slides
2: at this point, right? <laughs> that is certainly one way to do it. There's lots of ways to trim your content. I actually do a time-based content creation model, which is instead of saying, pick your topic, uh, you know, income during retirement, instead of saying, I want to teach you everything I know about income during retirement, monthly income during retirement, or everything I know about social security or everything I know about market volatility. Instead of thinking like that, I start by thinking, I want to teach 30 minutes of content. If I tack on a front and I tack on a back, that gives me a 45-minute presentation, which I think is right in the sweet zone between 40 and 45 minutes for these types of presentations. So I have 30 minutes of content. I want to break that into three sections so that it's easy to consume and easy to remember. That's 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. So if I look at the first thing I want to teach, which for a lot of advisors in a basic presentation is retirement income or where's your income going to come from during retirement i'm not thinking i want to teach you everything i know i want to i have 10 minutes how can i help you the most what one or two things can i teach you in 10 minutes that will help you the most and then i go to my second topic my second topic might be a volatile market or something like that protection uh something whatever your second topic is and instead of thinking i want to teach you everything i know I have six different stories, seven different activities, 35 different slides. I should ask myself in 10 minutes because that's what I have. I have 10 minutes. How can I help you the most? What one or two things can I teach you that would help you the most? My goal isn't to overwhelm you or give you everything. My goal is just to give you enough so that you know how I think about it and raise some questions for you to think about and see if they're being answered by your current situation and your current advisor. And if, if your advisor hasn't raised these issues, hasn't raised these questions, hasn't had you think about it this way, I think you'll want to come in and talk to me about it. I just firmly believe that when you help people instead of overwhelm them with information, when you make people feel empowered to know the questions to ask instead of make them feel stupid by teaching them for 90 minutes, I just think you put yourself in a better position to have them say yes to the appointment and. We see two other things when we design presentations this way. The no-show rate at the appointments goes down. So everybody who signs up actually shows up. And then the conversion into actual customers goes up. So you're not wasting your time on a lot of appointments that don't actually turn into clients. And so if you want those three results, a higher percentage of people going into appointments, a lower percentage of people no-showing in those appointments, and then a higher percentage of people who come to appointments turning into clients, eventually, then you have to teach less and you have to help more.
1: This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. And one thing I think that any professional, and it's not untrue, right? Not untrue. double negative. Great, great way to segue it into could that. It be but, true. Um, it's, it might be true. It, it could it might be true. One thing that's true for the financial industry as well is you know, all the information that your prospects want, it's all right here. It's on their phone. There's information for days out there, right? There no shortage, no shortage, no shortage. And I think, you know, now maybe more than ever, everyone's already scared. So you don't need to put a lot of questions in their brain or a lot of information that they need to to muddle through. It's just What I I loved what you said, what can I help you with? What would be the most beneficial in these 10 minute, this 10 minute segment? And you, you break it down to three, four key concepts. It allows them to make that check mark in their brain anyway.
2: Yeah. In a world with Google and YouTube, the value isn't in just throwing more information at you. The value is I've looked at all the information out there and here are the two things you should know. That's the value. That's that's the real value that you provide. And here's how you should be thinking about this. And I would love to look at your situation and tell you what it means for you. I can't tell you that right now because I don't know your situation, but I'd be happy to look at your situation and tell you what this means for you. And if you
1: guys are paying attention there, he used a, an amazing phrase that you should bake into your next seminar. I've looked at all the information and here are the two things you need to know. I mean, I'm stealing it. I'm putting it in that, mine. That's so. the real value. The value isn't
2: <laughs> here's a bunch of information. Anybody can go on Google or YouTube and get a bunch of information. Trust me, I've gone down the YouTube wormhole. It's just video after video after video. The value that you offer is I've not only done that, I've actually studied this and read the books and watched the market and talked to a thousand smart people. And I'm going to break it all down for you in the next seven minutes. Like that's. That's the value is you don't have to do that anymore. I'm here for you.
1: I love that. All right. That's two. What's the third biggest mistake that that uh, presenters are making?
2: I think not having a concrete deliverable in the appointment. Uh, I, our numbers are just so clear that the difference between offering a free appointment and offering a free appointment with a concrete deliverable that you will walk out of the appointment with this changes the calculus in their brains. And so I want to be real clear here, because some people think you want me to write their whole plan at the first appointment, and that is not what I want you to do. What I want you to do is to have something that is concrete that you can give them at the first appointment that they walk away with. Some people call this a a roadmap. Some people call this a next step plan. Some people call this an assessment, risk assessment, something like that. But what it is, is something that in your presentation, you can hold up. So there's some key research points here. First of all, it has to be concrete, like you can hold it in your hand. So uh, a simple 11 by 17 sheet of paper folded in half turns into an eight and a half by 11 with four pages, a little four page booklet. If you would just have that and hold it up and it's well made, it's it's well produced and it looks like a GPS roadmap for retirement. And basically, if you open it up, you're just filling in some answers of questions you would ask of, you know, how old are you? How much do you want to make when you retire? It's just a roadmap and then some next steps. But if you would hold that up during your presentation and say, and when you come to the appointment, you are going to walk away with this roadmap for retirement finished. And you are going to walk away with it and then hold it out to them. It changes the whole calculus. The calculus goes from, oh, I got to go to this appointment and he's going to try to sell me on something to... Even if he does try to sell me on something, we're going to walk away with something we can use on the back end. It just changes everything. And so to have an appointment that you're offering that has a concrete deliverable, we saw our numbers go up. Our numbers used to, we used to offer free appointments at live events that we would go to. You could meet with our team of coaches for 20 minutes, and we'd be happy to meet with you for 20 minutes to talk about your talk. And we got like a third of the room to sign up. And then one day, I held up a little roadmap of your presentation. That's actually the, the the outline of your presentation. That we the model that we use is a four part model. And I held it up and I said, in that twenty minute appointment, the coach is going to fill out this roadmap of your presentation for you, and you're going to walk away with that finished. And we got one hundred and twenty percent of the room to sign up, Brad. And I know what you're thinking. How do you get 120% of a room to sign up for free appointments? Well, it was a breakout session. Not everybody was in my session. Only about a third of the crowd was in my session. (laughs) But the people in my session were texting their friends saying, you should sign up for a free appointment. You get get a roadmap of your whole presentation. That's the power. And from that point on, we have had in every one of our free giveaways, something that you get that is concrete that you walk away with. And I'm telling you, it changes your numbers. Because the thinking up here changes when you think, not only am I going to have this meeting, I am also going to walk away from that meeting with something. Now, we want to be real clear in our communication. This isn't your plan. You know, I'm going to learn things about you in the first or second appointment, and everybody has a different process. But eventually, I will write a plan and present the plan to you. You don't have to map out that whole process for them during your presentation. But I want to be clear. I'm not asking you to write the plan during the first appointment, and I don't think we should tell people we're going to. But we can give them something that they can walk away with. 90% of it can be pre-printed, and there can just be some blanks to fill in so it seems personalized, and that's going to change your numbers. That's going to raise your numbers every single time that you do that. So three things to review. Number one, connect with your opening story. Don't separate. Number two, teach less. The person who teaches the most does not win. And number three, add a concrete deliverable to your free appointment, and you're going to see your numbers soar. And
1: most advisors that we work with, they have a planning software that they use. They have a tax software, a social security software, yeah. you know, estate planning software. What we've always seen too is you run a demo of that the last last little bit of your presentation there. And it's yeah. just like you, know, you show the tax map and you say, hey, this is what Joe Smith did. And if you want during that tax maximization session, right, this is what you get. You get this personalized tax map so you can see exactly where you sit. Love it. Absolutely. Do you do you suggest that they have a specific name for the appointment? Often what yeah. we hear is like people don't want to
2: go to an appointment, right? So <laughs> what the heck do you call it? Advisors are terrible at this. Uh, and <laughs> Rush's, Rush's research shows that if you have a results-based title on your free appointment, you're going to fill every appointment slot that you have. Um, and so a results-based title means after I've worked with you for like six or eight months or after, you know, after you've solved my problem, what do I have? What is the result that I have? And so if that's a safe and secure retirement, then call it the safe and secure retirement appointment. If that's uh, a retirement income plan, then call it the retirement income plan appointment. If that's peace of mind, call it the peace of mind appointment. But advisors are just terrible at it. They call it the discovery call. Nobody wants to be discovered. Um, (laughs) Some of them call it the second opinion call. Trust me, that's a bad name. If you're going in, it's a medical reference. And if you're going in for a second opinion, you're not having a good day, trust me. If it's bad enough that you need a second opinion, I mean, you might as well just call it the colonoscopy call and see how many signups you get. <laughs> like, it's a terrible name. Describe what you get at the end of working with you. A great retirement. Great. Call it the great retirement call. I love peace of mind call because I think that's what part of what you're offering is peace of mind that this is taken care of, that you will retire and not have to worry about this. And if something happens to you, you won't have to worry about your loved ones. Like, that's what a lot of people are offering. And they just won't call it the right thing. They call it the discovery call, like people want that. They want a great retirement. They want freedom in retirement. They want happiness, joy, and they want peace of mind. So pick a name and you're going to see, I mean, that's going to change your numbers. Kellen Rush says you'll get 5 to 15% increase just by adding the right name to the appointment.
1: Amazing stuff, Pat, as always. I know we got some fun stuff together in the future. We're going to be doing a webinar here in a little while, but... Most of my listeners are ready to move, right? They want to talk to you now. They want to figure out what the heck, how do I learn more from Pat? How can we get in touch with you? How can they connect with your team? Uh, What's the best way to reach out?
2: Yeah, we'd love for people to connect with us at advanceyourreach.com slash white glove. And if they do that, uh, they're going to be able to download a cheat sheet with many of the strategies that I've just given, plus all the other little things we build into your talk. And you'll get a free 30-minute call with one of our Signature Talk advisors that will help you map out your Signature Talk. So I don't know if you saw that, Brad. You will walk away with a concrete deliverable, the Signature Talk cheat sheet, that you will walk away with that lists all the things I talked about today so you don't have to remember them all. It lists them out. Plus, plus you get a free 30-minute consultation where our Signature Talk advisors are going to walk you through maybe what your opening story would be what the right content is for you to teach and what the right concrete deliverable for you is at the end of the presentation. So you can get that at dot com slash white glove.
1: Well, thank you very much, sir. I know the audience will appreciate it. And I look forward to more and more things that we can do together. And I I, I got a page of notes here that I'm going to start implementing immediately. And I would suggest anybody listening reach out, take them up on that offer. You know, there's a wealth of knowledge there that will make you a much better presenter, no matter what level you're at. Hey, thanks
2: for having me today.
0: Don't miss any episode of this podcast. Be advised leading with value. Simply subscribe or follow. And of course, please share. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect program, a done for you, fully integrated podcasting system that
1: will help you keep in touch with all of your leads.
0: Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of White Glove.